Lingard is joining in, and he's seen Martinelli! Extraordinary! Set it for Saliba! For Kyle Saka, beaten out by the roof, and touched in by Jesus! Kyle Saka! Hello and welcome back to the Bruce Banana FC podcast. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at JFishAFC. And we have got an exciting episode ahead of us today. And as we're going to spend this time in the interlull to talk about the latest Halen prospects and talents. And today we have a special guest with us. But first, do not worry. I have fired up the handy dandy random superlative generator to introduce the rest of the guys with me today is the crunchiest Luke, who you can find on Twitter at Echocoon. Hello, Luke. Not sure how to take that one. <laughs> I told you guys it was <laughs> going to be a doozy. <laughs> and we have the smallest Ben, who you can find on Twitter at Ben Browning3. Ben, how's it going? I think I prefer crunchiest. To be honest. Um, I think you got the better one there, Luke. Small hits a little bit too close to home for you and me, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And last but certainly not least is our guest who covers the Arsenal for the Athletic is the smokiest Art Durash you can find on Twitter <laughs> at Art Durash. Hello, Art. <laughs> Hi, guys. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that one either because I, whenever I walk past someone who's smoking on the street, I always have to like hold my breath because I just can't stand <laughs> the smoke. But um, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Art, have you been enjoying this first interlull of you know, the season? It kind of feels weird that it always it always comes so quickly, I think. But coming off that United match, I guess we, we got two weeks to savor in the, the joy of Declan Rice. Yeah, as you say, it always helps going into it with a win. And to be fair, I haven't felt too bored, I guess, with, with the international break. There's been, I guess... Um, a few games to keep track of, obviously. Tommy Asu played well for Japan against um, Germany and still waiting to see if Eddie Nketi is going to play any role for England. So um, He has to, yeah. doesn't he? Hopefully. I'll kick off. I'll, <laughs> I'll get the pitchforks myself if he doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, this international break's not been the worst one. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll have to see. Hopefully, we get a bit more momentum ahead of uh, the October one. And I don't know how bearable that one will be. (laughs) It will be nice to see Ramsdale playing tonight for England. Uh, That news broke a little bit ago. So that that definitely be nice to see and definitely uh, well-deserved and well-earned. So like I said, we're going to talk about the Academy. So if you know, we have a couple of questions for your art. So I figure we can kind of jump right in, start with one of the most promising talents, Ethan Waneri, who of course, Became the youngest player to ever feature in a Premier League match last season. Every Arsenal fan has seen all of the highlights of him scoring goals. But where do you think his best position is since he's prominently featured both centrally and out wide and kind of what makes him so special? Yeah, that's a really interesting question to start off with because so obviously, yeah, everyone saw him come on against Brentford last September. So this time last year, um, and at that time, I guess, as you'd expect, it was just kind of this uh, massive fanfare about what just happened because he was 15 at the time. Uh, in the past 12 months, going to watch him play for the under-21s semi-regularly, I won't say I'm there every game, but 
I'm there every now and again. And I'd speak to Mehmet Ali, the under-21s head coach, from time to time. And one thing that really stood out was he said he wants him to be more like a pocket player. So rather than being kind of shoehorned into one position, it's more about the kind of positions he picks up and the areas he wants to occupy. Um, So last year, and I've written about this quite a bit, but he played probably four positions, I'd say. He played as a left eight, as a number 10, as a left winger, and as a number nine um, for both the 18s and the under 21. So he's got a real kind of um, variation of positions that he's been used in the past 12 months. But uh, at the start of this season, he's been more uh, of a left eight in that kind of free role in midfield where he's able to kind of join attacks, but also um, play a kind of key role in build up as well. So um, that's kind of the general area of the pitch. I'd say that left half space is probably where uh, I reckon he'd go on to thrive in, in the future. But again, like like most players at Arsenal, which I think you're coming to find, um, it may not be wise to say this is just going to be the one position that he's going to play in because there will be times maybe where he's played in other positions. Do you think that that sort of pinning him down to a left eight role helped him choose Arsenal over maybe we we obviously knew there were lots of interested parties in him City and Chelsea especially do you think that idea of like a clear pathway into the first team where we already have a very established sort of attacking left eight and obviously when Kai Havertz came in that blueprint was formalized I suppose do you think that helped him maybe choose and I don't know looking at players that have left Arsenal recently that have maybe gone to Chelsea or City and not had quite the impact that they expected. Do you think that all sort of came together to help him decide to stay at Arsenal or were there other factors at play? Potentially that could be one. I wouldn't want to say for certain that that was the only thing because when you look at Arsenal and pathways has been a really big conversation point, Um, not just like internally, but massively externally in the past few years and, you just wanted, I guess, if you're him, to have a sort of confidence that there was some sort of pathway there. And you can see, I guess, on paper at least, um, the logic behind someone in his style being educated the way he has been uh, to kind of uh, really raise him to kind of grow into that role. But um, in terms of other aspects, I don't think you can forget who is around him most days. Jack Wilshere, Permat Saka, these are guys who understand where he's coming from. Jack Wilshere, especially if you look at his route into the um, first team as a 16-year-old. I remember speaking to him at the end of last season and one thing he was speaking about was people don't really understand the amount of, I guess, pressure and um, just noise that's going on for a 16-year-old who's still doing their GCSEs. Um, so I think that possibly could have helped as well. But another thing that has to probably be mentioned is um, he's from Islington. He's born an Arsenal fan. So I think that probably, like a lot of those guys, uh, would play uh, a decent role in, in a decision like that. So, Art, whenever we talk about, you know, talents like Ethan Oneri, obviously, the first question most people ask is, you know, how good can he be? Is he going to be, you know, a 
the next world beater or something like that. What do you really think is, you know, obviously it's all projection now, but like what the ceiling of his talent can be. Yeah. I, it's weird. Cause the, the more I cover, I guess, football at under 21s level, the less inclined I am to make those sort of judgments. Um, and the reason behind that is just because you never know where someone's journey is going to kind of, how it's going to plot out, basically. But if we've seen talking... those uh, those England's <laughs> next team at that yeah. 2028 Euros, hey, we all play yeah. football manager. We've had a one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, the, the longer or the yeah, the longer I've been around that sort of environment, the less inclined I am to make those judgments. But in terms of just looking at him as a footballer, you can see the qualities there, and it is a level above most of the players he plays against and with. Um, playing, I've just I think it was a few weeks ago. Um, went to go watch him and the under twenty ones playing the uh, EFL trophy. I was about to say Papa John's, <laughs> um, but they played uh, away at Swindon, and I think Swindon had about eight first team players, not all regular starters, but of that age. And from the first minute, you could tell that he felt that he belonged, um, which I think is probably the most important thing. There were obviously moments where he may have made a little bit of a mistake, but overall he showed his quality during the game. And I think that's a really encouraging sign for the future because one other thing that I guess is spoken about a lot when players are at that kind of stage where people may think, oh, is he ready for first team minutes? Is um, Does a loan suit a player better or does going straight into the first team suit them better? So, those are kind of really interesting points. And for me, it was just an encouraging kind of uh, sign that he he looks like he could be himself against first-team age players. Yeah, and to, what I always found is when these generations come through, they always kind of get the few names that peak out above the rest. And at the moment, we'll see Nuaneri is, uh, is one of the, the big ones, but also the person that we hear a lot about from this particular group is is miles lewis skelly and obviously he's had his moments already like um the last minute against manchester city in the the semi-final of the fa youth cup and um, but also you know this is a player that's at the moment 16 i think he turned 17 this month one thing that i've always been interested when when watching him play is that is that he's playing as a six or, or a central midfielder it feels to me like he, if he comes through the majority of youth academies they're gonna see his ability to carry the ball and just put him on the wing. So I've always thought whatever coach has brought him through and thought that he can be so damaging as he is from the area probably deserves <laughs> like a pay rise. <laughs> so the question to you um, are is what do you think it is that makes him so suited to being a central midfielder rather than more orthodox wide player like, like his dribbling would perhaps suggest? Yeah, that that's another interesting point because I guess when you first watch him, uh, the USP, unique selling point for people who don't know, um, I guess, of of Miles Lewis Skelly is his technique. Um, that's the thing that stood out to me straight away, just how silky that first touch is. But then also the burst of acceleration over, say, five or so yards and his strength. I think those are real, I guess, key assets to make him a bit different in that area of the pitch. And also, like uh, Wanieri, he's been used in three or four different positions 
over the past um, 12 months. So um, when he was first getting minutes with the under-21s last year, they were using him as a left-back, um, kind of in a similar role to Zinchenko, where he was allowed to roll inside and then receive the ball in central areas. But then he also was used as a more box-to-box number eight kind of player under Jack Wilshire in the FA Youth Cup. And that's how he got the goal that you mentioned before, Luke, where um, he makes a run off the ball and is able to head in um, towards, I guess, pretty much last second of the game. So um, that kind of football and education, I feel him and Wanieri have gone under a similar kind of path in terms of, yes, they are different uh, areas of the pitch, but they're learning a few different aspects of the game that can really almost uh, elevate their strengths in in the areas that they play in. And for Lewis Skelly, it is definitely what he, um, I guess, brings and offers on the ball. Um, obviously, you probably don't see as much of the defensive stuff with a Arsenal team that keep the ball as much, but he's also got the strength to kind of hold his own in that area. So um, I think going forward, it'll just be quite interesting to see how that side of the game uh, develops even further because as you mentioned he is still only 16 turned 17 this month so we can't be really talking about these players like they are seasoned in uh like seasoned players just yet yeah um sticking with midfielders because arsenal seem to bring midfielder after midfielder through um you mentioned earlier about whether it was better for players progression to go out on loan and to weighing that up um one player obviously who's done that last season and then again this season despite sort of suggestions that they go permanently was charlie patino who was sort of in the ethan ranieri category last year i suppose um and so do you know do you have any insight into what sort of changed his mind about staying or whether it was sort of a um necessity because the offers didn't come that he thought would suit him or, you know, whether he just decided that actually, he, you know, a lot of people say they spoke to Arteta or whatever. Um, is, do you know if it was anything from the coaching that convinced him to stay or just a lack of offers or he just changed his mind on what he felt was best for his progression? Yeah, I haven't had those conversations <laughs> just yet. So I don't properly know, unfortunately, uh, maybe in the next few days or, or weeks. Sure. Um, but in terms of whether loans or just slotting straight into the first team suit players best. I think a lot of people have their own opinions on that Blackpool loan, but from just talking to, I guess, uh, people around the player, they viewed it as something that he really needed to show to people that he Mm. could survive in, in the championship, in a team that wasn't so ball orientated. And I think he did show that he showed that he could fight and um, that would serve him well in whichever um, path his future went. Yeah, because sure. I don't think when, when say, prospective teams are looking at players, they don't want someone who's, say, 10 out of 10 on the ball, but two or three out of 10 off it. And I'm not saying Patino was, but because so much of the talk about him was what he could do with the ball, he kind of had to prove that he could do some bits off it as well. And I think you're seeing that, Maybe to a lesser extent at Swansea because they are uh, on the ball a bit more and he is getting forward a bit more too. Um, But yeah, I definitely think he's shown himself to be 
more rounded player than people thought that he was. And it's nice that he's been able to do it at a decent level, which is the championship. Mm. Was it kind of like Fabio Vieira, I suppose, where a lot of people said he's so good on the ball, but off the ball, you know, he doesn't quite know where to be all the time. And he might, a lot of people said he needs to bulk up. And this season he's sort of exploded in the limited minutes he's had. Mm. Are there sort of parallels, I suppose, that can be teased out from that? Yeah, a little bit. I'd, I'd say, um, yes, quite a similar kind of, if you look at them, they may look a bit similar, but also Charlie Patino is actually deceptively tall. I think if you actually like watch him in the flesh, he can uh, come across as maybe more lanky than than genuinely tall because Again, he is quite a, a slim frame, but as you say, he has bulked up um, in the past year or so, um, which has definitely helped. And as you see, he's playing with the England under-21s this international break. So um, you see, I guess, the maturity that comes with men's football. Um, you can't really have a substitute for that and probably wasn't going to get that at Arsenal with Granit Xhaka uh, in that role last season and especially after Fabio Vieira came in, as you mentioned. So getting that experience somewhere had to be the case. So Art, it's been a year since Jack Wilshire took over the, the U18s and obviously Arsenal fans were really excited to see him come back to the academy and, and kind of take a more prominent role. What has kind of the, been some noticeable changes or you know improvements you know, not just to the u18 team but also jack is himself as a coach and kind of any notable developments in him yeah for the team it's quite difficult to pinpoint because so for people who don't know um say media media aren't allowed to go to those games so it's mostly just parents um that will actually see the 90 minutes or other coaches and then me, like with you guys, I would just see the highlights of the under-18s games. Um, so, yeah, it's quite difficult to pinpoint stylistically uh, what improvements have made. Obviously, having spoken to him last year, he was quite clear on the way he wanted them to play. Um, the games we were actually able to see were the FA Youth Cup games, uh, which are, I think, mostly at the Emirates. So a lot of people saw... Um, a lot of similarities between the way the 18s played and the first team played, um, where players like uh, Michael Rosiak, the right back, he was uh, rolling inside from right back. Um, you had, say, p- someone like Ruel Waters, he was actually playing left-sided centre-back in those games. And you just saw, I guess, uh, a team that had technical players, but also showed that they had um, fight which I think is is a very Jack Wilshire quality, um, I guess you'd say. Um, and one thing that really stood out um, over the kind of last half of that season was um, Wilshire talking about how much he's changed over time. Um, there were still moments where he'd be himself, like... Uh, I think it was in the quarterfinals against Cambridge United. He he fell over <laughs> when they were celebrating one of the goals <laughs> in the comeback because he just was so nervous and it happened and his um, he just didn't know how to react. But I think over time, he also saw he got a bit calmer um, and also he draws on his own experiences quite a bit. 
um, which I think is definitely uh, a benefit to those players because, yes, you can have someone who's respected as a coach, but if they've actually been there, it probably just adds a little bit more to what they're being told. So um, those are the kind of key points that I can remember. I did, um, I can send a link to the piece I did with him. It's just in my head, I can't remember everything that was touched no, upon. Please do. In yeah. that piece. Yeah, well, yeah um, we'll, we'll definitely include it in the, the links and stuff like that for the show. No problem. Because yeah, he's he was definitely really interesting to talk to about how he's kind of grown and stuff. And one thing that's actually just come back to me is obviously the year before he became under 18's head coach, he was kind of in and around the first team training and also the academy teams as uh, more of an assistant coach. And he said when he actually came and did that, he that's when he got the real kind of bug for coaching uh, because he did actually do his coaching badges when he was a player at Arsenal, but he just kind of did it to do it with Per Mertesacker. Um, and now when he came back in the 2021-2022 season, that's when he got a real idea of, okay, I want to do this actually full-time and pursue it. And that's kind of the real, I guess, um, seeds of where um, he's actually come from as a coach. Yeah, he's obviously uh, has such a unique experience as a player and that unique experience can offer a ton in the academy. So I think it uh, seems to be a great fit and really interesting to see how his career progresses along with, you know, obviously Hale and producing more players. Definitely. And for those who don't know, he's actually a very good coach on football manager. So <laughs> so if you're looking for <laughs> is a, he? Yeah, he's unreal. He's got so many green stats. <laughs> like, so I... I will usually like after sometimes even within the first season, I'll promote him to the first team. If I, if I get a few more spaces for coaches. So definitely one to watch. <laughs> I'm half surprised he, he's not a, a player coach at this point. To be yeah. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, that's a little tip for any, any listeners if they want to uh, get a bit more Arsenal in their coaching staff. I usually go for Brian Klug, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go for Jack next time. Um, another player that kind of is in this mix and he doesn't really get as much love as maybe like the Lewis Skellies but you, you do see his name banded around a lot is um, Amario Cozia Dubry and again this player is 18 he's played for the under 18s he's played for under 21s um, uh, he scored um, like a fair amount of goals in, in the run up to the, um, the, the FA Youth Cup final um, but like interestingly he seems like he gets a bit more bench time than than people like Nuaneri and, uh, and Lewis Skelly. Um, probably not really something that's doing him a favour, but you know some people have dubbed him the next Saka, who is obviously the benchmark for Hayland at the, this point in time. And I always find that it's a bit of a kiss of death when <laughs> when you're kind of like um, uh, banded around as, as the, the heir apparent to, to someone that's done so well. Um, it does seem like a player that, and admittedly, like, you know, we've had... Like I remember uh, Javier Mechi, who looked quite good when he was coming up, and then um, he ended up kind of going to the, the the German second division. So it's I've always find it so hard to really judge the level of these players at certain points. But um, when you do watch Cozy Dubry, like he has got pace, he has kind of that ability to come inside on that left hand, left foot, like Saka does, and he does score goals. So like 
What do you think of, of Cody Dubi? Do you think that this is another player that could potentially have a pathway? Or is it another one of those yet to be seen? Probably I'd say yet to be seen. But <laughs> with that, again, you've just kind of sparked something from that Jack Wilshere conversation where he actually pointed to Cozy Dubri as an example of someone who will be learning so much by just being around that first team squad so often because Evie's on the bench. He's having to train with those guys the days before the game. So he'll be training with the best, basically, um, which some may view as maybe um, a better use of his time than being out on loan. But then also, I think what is really, I guess, major to consider with him, um, and this is not a criticism, this is just more context to where he's come from. He came from Arsenal from grassroots at 14, 15 years old. Straight from grassroots, he came to Arsenal. Um, So there's been a lot of, I guess, care taken with him because, yes, we see the qualities there, but then there's also the other side where maybe, and speaking to Mehmet Ali about this, what he's spoken about is almost developing that football arrogance um, where you just say, okay, I'm going to decide the game here. But then also there's the more physical kind of stuff where not being within an academy setup for, say, some of these guys have been in that setup since they were nine years old. Um, He may not have the same physical robustness as the other guys. So you've got to build that up. Um, And you have to look at doing that in a lot of different ways. Um, So that's one of the kind of, again, caveat is a negative, maybe has a negative connotation, but I don't mean it that way. Um, it's just adding more context to the journey to this point because as you said Luke he is um, he does look like a very good player quality player um, but like with anyone you 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 need to manage them in their own way not every one player is the same and I think he's probably the best example of that because people will call him the next Bukayo Saka because he's left footed plays on the right and there are other aspects of him that will remind people of Saka um but that's probably not fair on him um so so yeah I think it'd be nice to see if he can um yeah be very consistent with the 21s uh this season and and then take it from there yeah it's that that almost mythical bridge between <laughs> uh youth football and what what people call playing men's football, isn't it? Where you're kind of developing that physicality where, you know, the likes of Phil Foden didn't really need it. But then I look at people like Reese Nelson and I think, you know, if, if he was a, a fit a bit more for the loan spell he had at Hoffenheim and, and if he was if he was able to convince Nagelsmann a bit more in that time to play a bit more, then um, maybe he'd have got to a certain level a bit quicker. But I always, another player um, uh, that I think you mentioned earlier is, is Rule Walters, who, you know, he he was part of our squad for not just this preseason, but last preseason. And he turned a lot of heads then and defenders are really interesting position when it comes to young players, because it's, it's almost an anomaly that you see players that young, even get a look in, in not just the Premier League, but kind of even further down. Like I remember hearing uh, the Bolton manager a few weeks ago, talking about how he wanted to loan a, um, a center back off of a Premier League club, but then they watched like 
eight or nine games of him in that club's under-21s and they kept the ball so well that they didn't see him contest one aerial duel. <laughs> and and because of that, he said, we, we can't loan this guy because we're going to put him up against Sam Vokes next weekend and he's going to get absolutely <laughs> creamed. Um, but I do think that um, when it comes to centre-backs, at some point down the line, playing men's football probably is... Um, it's something that's important for them to to kind of get their robustness in those challenges. Um, so um, another thing is that Zinchenko actually mentioned Walters as the most surprising player he saw in training. So this shows obviously that he's got like a, a technical platform as well, which must be quite impressive. So um, where I said before that he wasn't just part of our team in the last preseason, but the, the season before as well. But it doesn't really feel like he's moved any further up the pecking order. We haven't really seen him kind of get that that, that nod in, in some of the games. And I know that, you know, these days the the Carabao Cup isn't the same as, as it was back in the day when I used to watch Henry Lansbury come through and I used to think he was going to be the next Ray Parler. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's, it's a bit more cutthroat now because like, you know, trophies are, are such a, a minimum at this point. But um, in terms of what you think of him and, and possibly even what the club thinks of him, like, uh, like what do you think is, is the next step for him? Yeah, I personally haven't thought about next steps for Ruel Waters just yet. Um, mostly because we've seen he hasn't gone on loan um, at this point this season. Um, in terms of development, he's another one that is just... I think his story is probably the most ridiculously interesting out of all the players at Arsenal. Was um, he ex-Spurs? Am I right in saying that? So yeah, he... Um, was grassroots until about 11, yeah, under the under 10s, under 11s, went to Spurs, um, was there for a few years. There was a little bit of, um, ah, how do I word this? Hmm. Uh, difference in beliefs, I guess. Um, and he left. And then he went, to, it's, sorry, it's, sorry for... I'm trying to remember it all. Um, <laughs> no, so that's why understand. I... It's, kind of it's a safe space here, Art. It's okay. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I can send a link to this piece because it goes through it quite thoroughly. Um, but he was grassroots um, until about under 10s, under 11s. And that's when he joined Spurs. And he was there for a couple of years. And after, I'd say, um, a difference in opinion and beliefs uh, between, say, his family and the club, they decided to leave um, and he had a spell of about 18 months out of an academy because um, he initially went to on a few trials. One was quite successful, Manchester United, and they wanted to sign him, but <laughs> there was an issue with paperwork, so he couldn't sign for them. And um, COVID then came in and that obviously halted all academy football in England for about six months. So it wasn't until, uh, I think it was November 2020 when he joined Arsenal, um, which was 18 months after he'd left uh, Spurs. So that's a bit of a um, um, context for how he came to join Arsenal. In terms of uh, the stuff you mentioned before, Luke, in terms of his technical ability, that's something that was worked on quite a lot um, when he was without a club. Um there are a few things that I haven't uh, put out there yet, but hopefully if he gets the chance to play in the first team, I will be able to put out there in terms of how um, himself and his dad kind of worked on that technical base, um, which you could see 
um, in him being able to play right back, centre back, and even left back. If you remember that preseason tour last year against Everton, he came on as a left back, started against Nuremberg as a centre back, and is primarily primarily a right back. Um, so that's kind of your base level for what he does on the ball. And then um, in terms of just um, his stature, yeah, um, which um, I think most people probably saw in the FA Youth Cup run, where, again, from centre-back, he was picking up the ball and just charging through the midfield. Um, but obviously it helps him defensively as well. So um, looking forward, I think the main thing for him would be just playing football as often as possible because you get to that age now, I think 18, 19, where you need to be playing really regularly to kind of keep on top of your um, your levels. Um, and then hopefully you kind of, for some players, they just get a break, really. It may be more difficult at centre-back because especially, I guess, at Arsenal, um, when you look at Saliba, Gabriel, Kivior, Tomiyasu, White, did I say Saliba? I can't remember if I said Saliba, but um, the competition for those places are very strong. So um, I think just looking at what is there so far, he is definitely uh, very well liked and uh, well rated by Arsenal. But again, it pathways just depend for different players. So um, I wouldn't want to say, oh, he's going to be playing in the League Cup because nobody can guarantee that. But he definitely is a player that is liked and rated by Arsenal. Sort of starting to wrap things up, and thanks so much for your time. But um, sort of sticking with the defenders, I know Arsenal haven't had many come out of the academy recently. But um, Lino Souza was um, put in the Champions League squad, and a lot of people sort of raised their eyebrows because he's a player that's been... Um, like like Ruel, really, he's been around the squad for or spoken about for twelve to eighteen months, but hasn't really been seen, um, and has sort of been touted as a potential player that can play the inverted Zinchenko role. Uh, I think he's done it a bit at youth level, um, and sort of where do, where do you see him going? Is there an opportunity for him now, especially with Timber out? Do you think he's sort of ready to make the step up or is he another one of those players that's in that sort of limbo where needs more game time, whether that be under 21 or on loan before he sort of comes in to, I don't know, League Cup games or dead rubber Champions League games? Yeah, I think, again, football is the priority for all of them. Um I personally obviously would love to see these guys given opportunities in the League Cup yeah. if the um, opposition was right. Um, looking at Souza, um, just as a example, he's another one who was on tour last year, even though he didn't play. So he went to Germany and he was actually sat on a table with Mikel Arteta, Albert Stoivenberg, Rob Holden, and Mohamed El Nenny <laughs> um, just randomly because they did a socializing kind of thing at Adidas HQ. So he is definitely, I guess, known to those guys. Um, and in terms of that, in learning that inverted role is something that I spoke to him about last year. And he said he never did it at West Brom, but did it basically straight away when he got to Arsenal under Kevin Betsy. And that continued with, 
uh, Mehmet Ali when he took charge of the under-21s last summer. And you see, I guess, in, in certain games, he will come inside. But also, he's actually very good at going around the outside. So I don't think Arsenal would want to kind of limit him to just doing the inverted role. They'd actually probably want to use him as a traditional left back at times too. And I think for him, that probably adds two really important strings to his bow because he can do both. Um, Also, what I would say is he's, again, like a lot of these guys, deceptively tall. Um, I remember I went to go and speak to him and... I'm not. I'm not tall, so it's not a big That's thing okay. to be taller Nor than me. Um, but I was Should've just used yeah. the smallest on you then. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was just kind of taken back by his stature um, because he actually was. I think he's six foot or around there, but he's again quite lean. Um, uh, but he's able to put in a challenge as well. So um, it's really decent kind of get a a viewpoint of him over the past 18 months and I did see a couple people asking why I guess him over Waters Um, one thing I'd like to say is that um, the club can't really control who people are talking about more on the internet (laughs) so so it's not like they're gonna be they'd like to yeah (laughs) It's not. It's not like they're going to be picking um, squads based on who people like more on Twitter. Um, but also, uh, he hasn't been at the club for two years, so he, that's why he's not eligible for the B B list. Um, if that means he is, um, I guess, if that means he does get some minutes in the Champions League at some point, maybe in the last couple of games, that'd be great. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know if it would get to that point. Just looking at, I guess, Arteta's, um, I guess, history with those group of players. Um, so, yeah. And there was something else that I wanted to say, but I can't remember what it was. Really annoying. Um, but yeah, in terms of a player, again, he's one of that crop. There's like four or five of them that we've talked about now. Uh, Ethan Monieri, uh, Miles Lewis-Skelly, Mario Cozier-Dubry. Uh, Ruel Walters and Lino Souza, those five, I think, were ones that when you watch them in the FA Youth Cup, you thought those are guys who can have decent careers, whether it's at Arsenal or not. And I still believe that. And um, hopefully, over time, they're able to kind of um, take their qualities and put them to work, whether it be at Arsenal or not, who knows. But I think they can have a decent chance at it. So I think this is a, a great place for us to wrap things up. Art, thank you so much for your time. Ooh, I, oh, one more sorry. thing. Yeah, you just remembered? <laughs> yeah, I just remembered. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> luckily, luckily. So uh, along the lines of what I mentioned about, obviously the the club can't pick squads based on who's the most popular on Twitter. Um, in the summer, Souza actually got a call up to the, Portugal under 19 squad I reported this at the time but instead of going with them he stayed with the first team to train with them during pre-season and everybody just assumed that meant that he would be involved with the squad in pre-season but he didn't actually go it was Ruel Walters, Lewis Skelly and Wanieri who went so I think that just shows you sometimes things happen 
it can be out of your control. But the big thing is you're making a good impression and that's all you can do. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that as, again, another bit of context for people who may just make kind of a sweeping assumption about these players. Well, yeah, thank you so much for your insight and yeah, all of the, the knowledge of the academy that you bring. I know that I definitely learned a, a little bit more about the academy and the setup than, than I knew 45 minutes ago. So I appreciate that. Appreciate your time. You can find all of Art's work on Twitter at Art Rush or on The Athletics. So definitely go and check that out. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back later this week to preview the match against Everton this weekend. Catch you guys later. Odegaard is joining in and he's seen Martinelli! Extraordinary! Set it for Saliba! For Kyle Saka, beaten out by the race, and touched in by Jesus! Kyle Saka! Oh,